Welcome. I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and even a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, KristenEsser.com, or on Instagram at KristenEsser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. Welcome to episode 10. I am so happy to be here. I'm a bit off my schedule here in the summer, but you know, that's the way things go (laughs) for us parents, isn't it? So no problem there. But I am back in the master bedroom closet recording studio because everyone's home in the summer a lot. And I have three gigantic children. <laughs> I have full full men-sized boys who are back to sharing a room and sharing bunk beds and I just think of it as being really good um, practice for uh, college dorm living. So, but we got uh, my daughter Chloe moved back home from school and it's just it's great to have all the kids all under one roof. So, so that's been wonderful. But it is an adjustment. I will tell you that it is an adjustment to have having a house full of people again when I'm kind of used to having the house to myself during the day. I work from home. I sew from home, obviously. And um, I'm used to having some time to myself. And that just doesn't exist right now. But all good. It's just, you know, those seasonal changes. So, um, oh, I haven't mentioned that um, I've got my cup of tea, even though, frankly, it is a million degrees in the closet here. (laughs) I still have my tea because I needed the caffeine boost, to be honest with you, and I'm excited about this tea. It is a little different than what I usually do. I'm drinking a matcha green tea latte. So I'm a total latte lover. But um, this is a little bit different. So matcha green tea is a dried tea. So you usually the whole leaf. So I guess it's actually even better for you. And if you know, if you don't like the kind of grassy green tea taste, then you're probably not going to love this. But I, I don't mind that. You can actually buy it um, from Trader Joe's. You can buy it online. Um, and I think I've got one sitting in my um, Amazon cart right now. But before I, it's, it's a little expensive. It was, I don't know, 15 or $20 for this kind of a big bag. Well, maybe it's not a big bag. It's like an ounce, but you only use a teaspoon at a time. So that's in my Amazon cart. But you can get little single serving packets um, from Trader Joe's. So that's how I started. And uh, you do this thing where you, I mix cashew milk is my favorite, almond milk or cashew milk. Um, But Trader Joe's has a mixture of cashew almond macadamia milk that's really good. So I do like six ounces of that, six ounces of water, heat it up, and then add the green tea and a little sweetener and a little bit of coconut oil and and a smidge of salt, which sounds weird, but it really helps with the sweetness thing. And I kind of blend it up with an immersion blender. Sounds like it's a lot of trouble, but it's really not. And I really like how this uh, matcha green tea has some caffeine, but it's kind of like a a gentle caffeine high. (laughs) doesn't make me jittery or anything like that. So I'm really, I'm enjoying that for now. Welcome back if you're a returning listener, and welcome if this is your your first time. Sit down, make yourself a little something to drink, and uh, let's have a chat. I do want to give a little bit of a shout out um, to a couple people who reviewed the podcast. Yay! 
So thank you to MK3Boys, who says that it's her favorite podcast. So love you. Thank you so much. And um, another one from a fellow quilter who says that she feels like she's got a new friend and right back at you. So thank you so much. Um, Again, these reviews really help other people find the podcast and help iTunes to know that we're relevant, things like that. So I really appreciate um, reviews. And there's also been quite a few new ratings. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. While we're talking about summer, I kind of love the transition between seasons because I feel like it's a bit of a place to start over and to recalibrate, and especially the transition from spring to summer because we've got the end of school. And, you know, for a lot of people, summer is a very different time and with a very very different set of schedules and expectations. So I sat down one day with a journal and just basically tried to think about what I wanted to get done this summer. And I looked at it from the perspective of when we get to September and I look back on this summer, what will, what can I do that will make me feel that it was a summer well spent, that it was a successful summer? And I've sat down with my kids and tried to get them to do a similar little exercise because we can just kind of fritter away these days, these beautiful gift of full days. And I want to make sure that, that, you know, that we didn't do that. Every year since the kids were little, we've always made sort of a summer bucket list. And when they were really little, uh, you know, when I was just a stay-at-home mom, we did all these theme days. We had Pirate Day and Harry Potter Day and Board Game Day. And, and you know, we're like on Harry Potter Day. They would dress up. We would make food. We'd make, you know, pretend butterbeer. They would reenact scenes. We'd watch the movie in the afternoon, that kind of thing. Pirate Day, it, it was always around dress up. It always had the components of dressing up and making food and probably putting on a play. I was lamenting the other day that uh, the days of uh, Pirate Day were gone, but we still do sometimes uh, even have something like a board game day uh, or art day where we just, you know, drag out all the art stuff and, and sketch and stuff. So those are kind of fun. Even with older kids, I enjoy having those kind of kind of theme days. It makes it feel special. We um, obviously in the summer, we try to get to the beach, but our vacation's all at the beach this year. So we almost kind of don't need to um, worry about getting to the beach. That will take care of itself. But I also like to get them over to a museum at least once, which takes a lot of coercion on my side, I will admit. But nobody ever regrets going to the museum. And of course, I bribe them with, we'll have lunch out and we'll stop for frozen yogurt on the way home and, you know, that kind of a thing. So... So anyways, as I sat down, I made this list and I have to admit that I got a little overwhelmed. I'm like, you're really, you're trying to cram too much into a season that's supposed to feel a little bit more laid back. And I will admit that I don't quite have it all worked out yet. It's still a work in progress, but I am actually taking the opportunity to get up a little earlier and, um, spend some time writing every morning, which has really taken a backseat lately. Um, I really enjoy my blog. I really enjoy writing. And um, it's one of those things that really 
very easily gets pushed off to the side for no good reason. So that's felt really good to just to kind of um, do that. And it's that little little things add up to big things kind of mentality that, you know, if you just sit down for an hour, hour and a half a day, you know, by the end of the week, it really, uh, you know, amounts to a decent amount of writing. And I'm trying to employ that same mindset, which honestly, I really struggle with being an all or nothing personality. But I'm trying to carve out time after lunch because I, I, um, you know, I want to get up. I have like a devotional time. I exercise. I do my writing, and then I actually have to work my paid job, and that all takes me pretty much till noon, which is totally fine. I mean, that's a pretty cushy schedule. I'm not complaining. But then after lunch, I wanted to make sure that I was making use of those hours too. And it's hard for me because my energy kind of really tanks in the afternoon. And that's really when I just want to take it easy and sew or knit. Or frankly, I can get a little lost on social media, which I'm really putting the kibosh on this summer. Is I want to stay off social media as much as possible because I want to use my time better. But I have carved out little 15-minute sections of things that I want to make progress on. 15 minutes of deep cleaning. Like today, that was just getting out into the garage where we dumped all of Chloe's stuff when she we moved her back in because we could not move her into her bedroom because Jonah woke up the day before high school graduation with the stomach flu. <laughs> and it was so concerning that he wasn't going to be able to go to graduation, that Ben was going to have the stomach flu during finals, that my husband or I would have the stomach flu when we're supposed to be watching Jonah graduate. But luckily, none of that happened. He got better. Graduation happened. Nobody got sick. It was all good. But we had him quarantined off with virtual police tape. Don't go in this room. Don't go in this bathroom. Do not look at him. Do not go near him. And it worked. So yay. So anyways, it has taken some time to get her moved back into her bedroom and, you know, all the stuff that just stays packed up that you need in a dorm or an apartment, but you don't need at home, you know, put away. So, um, I need to circle back around to the kitchen and just put in 15 minutes cleaning out the refrigerator, cleaning out the the pantry, getting to lining those drawers with cork that I've started uh, two months ago and haven't finished. But I want to just take small steps every day towards those goals. And I want to just spend like 15 minutes outside. I think I need to do this in the evening because my morning's already packed and just do some like 15 minutes of weeding and deadheading in the garden so that um, when we get to the weekend and, you know, we've got the time to really to dig in, (laughs) excuse the pun, to our gardening endeavors a little bit more, that I don't have to waste that time with the with the weeding. I just kind of want that to be done and then we can just start digging up plants or mulching or doing whatever we need to do. I say that, that I want to just break, have these little 15 minutes of this and 15 minutes of that, but um, I find it hard, but that is my goal. It is, uh, what day of the week is it? I think it's Wednesday. I have not been out and weeded the garden once this week, <laughs> so maybe I should just say, you know, it's a goal to do it every day, but if, if I hit, you know, four days a week, I'll, I'm doing good. That's kind of what I'm thinking about uh, this summer. One thing that kind of took this thinking in a different direction as I discovered this podcast called The Lazy Genius. Um, I follow her on Instagram, but I had never listened to her podcast. And if you look at the reviews, it says these things like, 
thank you for helping me sort through the minutia of life so that you know, I can do things better. It's, it's a lot about people talking about how she really helps you sort through the minutia. It's called the lazy genius because she wants you to be a genius about things that matter and lazy about things that don't. So it's totally about intentional living and I'm all about that. But I listened to a podcast on my walk the other day and she has a whole series. It's actually started in May and I haven't gotten through it all, but it's all about thinking about your summer and being intentional about how you want to spend your summer. So we were thinking very much the same thing. But she had this idea that your sort of theme or watchword for the summer is connection. And I loved that. Really, what you want to do is connect with your family. People are around, and it's it's a time that you can really do that. And you wanna do it in a way that doesn't drive you crazy. So if you've got little kids, you know, I know a lot of people are very concerned about, my kids are gonna be home, they're gonna be fighting, we're gonna run out of things to do, they're gonna be bored. I never really worried about that when they were little. I loved having them home, but I do, I get, I get that it can be a lot, especially if you're used to having some hours of the day to yourself. But I love that idea of connection. And thinking that that is really the best way that you can spend your summer, you know, even if you don't, or I should say I don't, get the garage cleaned out and the under the stairs closet cleaned out and all these, you know, things that, that I want to do, even if they don't happen, um, what I need to prioritize are coffee dates with Chloe. We do this thing where we go to coffee houses together, each with our laptop, and we sit and we write. We actually hardly interact, but somehow we both just love being together doing the same activity. And um, I've done geocaching with the boys. Um, You know, there's just, you know, just hiking, going for bike rides, things like that. Just, you know, really fostering connection because let me tell you, with one kid, 20, 118, and 115, Time's ticking down, man, and I am very aware of it, and I just want to make sure that I make use of this time that all three of them are here to connect with them as a group and connect with them individually. Enough about summer schedules. Let's get to the quilting, shall we? What is on my cutting table? That is a really good question. I think the most important thing that I'm working on right now is the Moda Bake Shop is having a summer quilt along. It's a mystery quilt. I've never done a mystery quilt before. I am one of the chefs or camp counselors, as they're calling them. The theme is choose your own adventure. So there's a whole sort of camp theme. It's very cute. And so the way it works is it's a medallion style quilt. That much has been revealed. So there will be a center block and then, and there's two choices for the center block. And then as we do the borders, the pieced quilt block borders that go around the quilt there will be two choices on every round so I think that's pretty cool because you know one block may not be to your taste or maybe you've never done a certain kind of block and you want it to be a skill builder or just you know just it makes your quilt very unique Um, so the fabric requirements are up Oh, by the way, everything that I talk about on this podcast, I put links in the show notes. So never worry about having to jot anything down. It's all right over there for you. So, um, the, but the fabric requirements are up at the Moda Bake Shop and it's like 22 fat quarters or two layer cakes plus some background fabric is all you really need to, to get started. And 
you know, who knows, you might have this kind of stuff laying around. Holly Ann over at String and Story is doing a whole summer stash busting, um, you know, challenge on on her blog to to sew our stashes. So I know she's actually pulled um, from her stash. This will take up 22 fat quarters. That could put a pretty good dent in a in a stash. Or you may have layer cakes or, or a combination of you know, kind of pre-cuts laying around that you could could use. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I've already shown the fabric that I'm using on Instagram. I don't think I've done a blog post yet, but I'm using the Moda Color Cuts. Um, this is a new product from Moda where they've taken um, 12 fabrics from different lines from different designers and put them together by colorway so there's a blue one it's kind of an aqua blue and it's cool because because they're from different designers they're not all the same shade so it gives you a nice uh, you know variety of, of colors that, that make a quilt a little bit more interesting than if everything was exactly the same shade of aqua so I'm doing a aqua which is called beach glass and gray, which is called road trip, um, and then a white background. So it's I want to call it a two color quilt because I think of it as two colors, but it's really three because there's a background color, and I'm really excited about. It. They're very pretty. Um, once I got them in my hands, I will admit there are more directional fabrics in there than I realized, and you know directional fabrics can be tricky to work with but they're still everything's really cute so I'm excited about that I'm trying to think of what other colors there are I know there's a red one because that was going to be my second choice like a, a red gray and white quilt I think would be pretty stunning and I'm pretty sure there's like a yellow one too and a green so anyway so there's there's lots of choices there um so anyway, so I encourage you to sew along. I will be posting probably weekly with my progress. And um, yeah, so just come and come and join this uh, adventure with us. The other kind of quilt along that I'm thinking about doing, and I have not quite jumped on the bandwagon yet, is the Splendid Sampler 2. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I did make the first couple blocks for the Splendid Sampler that was from a few years ago and sort of quickly lost momentum on that. Um, I loved how it came out. I loved looking at other people's, but I just, I didn't do it. But um, I don't know. I just, I kind of like this idea of somebody else designing my quilts this summer and just having kind of a low pressure sew along. And so I'm thinking about that. I did pull out I have a fat quarter bundle of uh, Lori Holtz B basics that's a you know basically a rainbow and I've pulled that out thinking maybe that could be my my fabric pull for the splendid sampler it would be a really good way for me to use up um, you know that fat quarter bundle I feel a little guilty because I have a bunch of loose Lori Holt fabric too B Lori or whatever she's called um, that I probably could pull from as well so I don't know so I'm thinking about the Splendid Sampler let me know if you're doing either the Moda Bake Shop Quilt Along or the Splendid Sampler and uh, and so that I can kind of follow your progress as well in addition to those goals, I still have my quilts for cure and my pineapple quilt that need to be quilted that I've been really procrastinating on. So I don't know what's up with that, but I just really need to do that. Um, part of the reason, are you this way? I wanted to get back to sewing on my Juki, doing the piecing on my Juki because I finally got, how do I explain this? It's one of those little, 
it's a piece of metal that you can screw into the bed of the Juki that acts as a seam guide. And I'm one of those people, I'm very picky about my quarter inch seam, and I will usually do a little stack of painter's tape so that I can just run my fabric along um, that so I'm, you know, very accurate. I don't really just... I don't have a lot of luck with the quarter inch feet. I need more guidance than that. And so that's so I've got this little new, um, little contraption now on my Juki and I love it and it's helping me get a very good quarter inch seam. And what I hate to do is then break that all down to make it into a free motion quilting setup. So for a while I did, I actually still do have my, my baby lock set up, but I just really like sewing out my Juki better. So that's part of the reason I haven't been quilting is because it takes, let's be honest, two minutes to tear apart and, and reconfigure the sewing thing. It's ridiculous. It's like not flossing or something. It's like, it takes two minutes out of your life. Just do it. But to be honest, that's what's going on there. And, um... And the last thing that I, I don't know if I'll get to this, but what I really want to do, and if I go, if I don't get to it this summer, I will make it a fall goal, is I want to get over to the shop and rent long arm time. I took classes, class actually, um, gosh, a year or so ago, and I've only been back once to long arm, and I really, I want to do it. I want to get good at it, and the only way to do that is to fork over the money and the time to drive there, down there to do that. So I need to make time and space in my schedule for that. And as I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing, Kristen, this is not going to happen this summer. So right now, I'm just going to compartmentalize and say, you know what? That's for the fall. Okay, so let's move on to knitting. There is embarrassingly little to discuss about knitting. I haven't really been knitting. I don't know why, but I know... Next month, when we go to the beach for 10 days, I totally will knit. So I'm a bit of a fail on the knitting for Norway thing. I still have three projects I think I can get done. So I just, uh, which are socks, mittens, and, and finishing a sweater, and that is it. So let's just set that aside and call it a bit of a knitting fail for this podcast. I may not be knitting, but I have been reading, and that makes me really happy. So what do I have here? First of all, I want to mention, um, in the spirit of books, have you listened to the Quilt Fiction podcast? So that is the brainchild of Francis Dowell from the Off-Kilter Quilt, uh, Fame, Birds in the Air, Margaret Goes Modern. These are two other quilt fiction books that she's done. So she's written another one called Friendship Album 1933. And she is releasing it sort of as she's writing it. She actually hasn't finished the book, which I think is totally cool and terrifying. But she is releasing it as a weekly podcast, a few chapters at a time. And she's reading it. She has a beautiful voice. I'm sure if you listen to her podcast, I could listen to the woman talk all day long. And it's just, it's charming. It's about the, a quilting group in the Depre in Depression era where they're all going to be entering um, the the what's it called, the Sears Quilting Contest for their, you know, different motivations, different reasons, and I'm totally loving it. So, um, if you need something else to listen to, totally, totally listen to that. In terms of uh, other books, um, the most recent book that I finished was called Forever Summer. There is a quilting and reading podcast called The Sampler Girl Knits and Reads, I think it is. Um, it used to be an audio podcast, and now it's a YouTube 
you know, visual, they still call them podcasts, but you know, it's, you can see it's, it's a video. And, um, she's doing a little summer book club where she is, um, giving two options of books to read. You can read, read either one or both. I chose Forever Summer because the other one sounded really good. I can't remember what it was, but um, it's a current book, and I couldn't get it. I was like number 25th on the list of the library. So I went with Forever Summer, and um, off the top of my head, I can't remember who wrote it, but it was a totally fun read. I was thinking how fun it would have been at the beach because it's pretty. it was a pretty light read, but not... Um, you know, not stupid, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's about two women who sort of get thrown together based on the results of a DNA test, like um, think ancestry.com or 23andMe. And you know, when you do those tests and you enter information online, people can contact you and say, you know, like we're related kind of a thing. And this actually happened to a friend of mine who took this test because her sister-in-law said, you should do this, and then entered some information online. Number one, the test revealed that what she'd been told about her ethnicity her whole life was not correct, and then somebody contacted her that she was related to that she had no idea about. So it created a whole thing that she's actually going to write a book about one day. It's a crazy story. But this is kind of a a similar thing. DNA tests revealed some things that people did not expect. People get thrown together. Shenanigans ensue. (laughs) But a lot of the summer, the, the, the book takes place, it's over a summer in... Oh, I've already forgotten. I want to say Rhode Island. Um, it's a it's like a book uh, a beach house, and so it's just it's like one of those places. I feel like now that I'm saying it, it could be Maine. I pictured Maine. There are lobster rolls, but um, it was it was great. It was like you know it it took place at this um, kind of like a bed and breakfast or an inn at the beach. The kind of place like I can picture it perfectly in my head and I wish I could go visit there and the kind of place that you sort of never want to leave. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, it was it was a, it was a great story about these these two women and, and how their their lives overlapped and, and all the things that happened as a result of this test. So I completely uh, recommend that. Um, and I'm now reading a book called The Punishment She Deserves. It's by Elizabeth George, who I'm a little surprised that I don't know about. She sounds a little familiar, but she's a mystery writer. This is apparently her 22nd book. So if I like it, I love it when I discover a new author and I can go back and, and read everything, you know, that they've written. Um, but the jury's still out. I'm not really, we're not ready to recommend that yet. But I did get back onto Goodreads. Are you on Goodreads? Um, I signed up years ago and then just never did anything with it. Whenever someone sort of friended me on it, I'm like, well, I'm going to be the greatest disappointment to you. But my method of keeping track of books that I want to read by putting them on my Amazon wish list is not a good thing to do because then when Christmas comes, like I have to go move all those off because I don't really want to buy them. I'm very picky about buying books. Um, I kind of only buy nonfiction books now because I just get everything else at the library. I'm out of space in, in my house and um, I do buy some ebooks. But so, so here's what was kind of cool. I moved um, my want to read list over to Goodreads and then 
I started getting emails from Goodreads telling me like this book is $2.99 on Kindle right now. This book is 99 cents on Kindle right now. So I ended up buying some books um, all on Kindle so that when we go to the beach, I can I have a lot of things to read. And one of the th- let's see, here's my list. I've heard really good things about the book by Lauren Graham called Talking As Fast As I Can. I did read her fiction book. You know, she's Lorelai Gilmore, and it was actually quite good. And uh, I've heard that you have a new appreciation for Gilmore Girls, which is one of my all-time favorite shows, after reading Talking As Fast As I Can. What else? The Beach Street Knitting Society is another book that I've been meaning to read for a long time. And it uh, turned out to be like $1.99. And another, this a it's called the Double Wedding Ring Mystery. That's by Claire. I want to say O'Donohue, and she writes this kind of quilty fiction mysteries that I get a kick out of. And again, it was so cheap. It's been on my Amazon wish list for probably three years. And another book called This Is How It Always Is, which was recommended by Modern Mrs. Darcy, who is sort of my book guru. And I can't even remember what that is about right now, but she said it's one of the best books she's read in the last five years, and that is saying something from a woman who reads hundreds of books a year. So I got that, and again, I think it was two ninety nine. So that was it's kind of a, a fun little side thing that that Goodreads will now tell me, like send me an email and say, hey, you might want to check these things out if you are so inclined. If you're on Goodreads, um, send a friend request or however that works, and and we can hook up in that way. Well, I usually wrap up the podcast with a little talk about homemaking, but I sort of stole my thunder by talking about the whole summer routine thing at the beginning of the podcast, making a list and a schedule and adjusting expectations. Um, so I do, I do definitely have some goals. I want to do stuff with the kids this summer. I want to write more. I want to get some deep cleaning done and enjoy my outdoor living space in the, in the garden, spend as much time outside as possible, and just sort of really embrace this change of season. Now, if you are in Australia, <laughs> which I know I definitely have some Australian listeners, or if you are uh, in the Southern Hemisphere, I'm sorry about all of this talk about summer, but it's the same thing for winter, isn't it? It's that kind of opposite thing instead of wanting to be outside as much as possible it's about bringing it all in and being homey and and uh what's that word huga i cannot i I love the whole concept of that but i have a hard time saying the word but you know switching over from from the summer of salads and things like that to stews and soups and lighting candles and and lighting fires and and being inside you know it's, it's the the whole the whole transition I find great. What's the saying? Um, a change is as good as a rest, you know, just doing something different to, to mark the, the changing seasons. I just, I find so fun. It's like having a blank sheet of paper in front of you. My best friend growing up, her dad had this uh, saying, this thing that he would say to her, and I have in turn said it to my kids on the first day of summer, he would say, okay, stop right now. The whole summer is ahead of you. You haven't spent a single day of it. Like, just enjoy this moment and and really relish it and think about what's the best way that I can spend the summer. And so we kind of did that on Monday once we got through all the crazy graduation, graduation parties, Father's Day, all that kind of stuff. Said, okay, your whole summer's in front of you. 
spend it well. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you got to spend it doing something that you love, like some knitting or handwork or I don't know, even just driving around with a a good iced tea in your hand. But I very much appreciate you as listeners and I'll see you next time.